Welcome to Prostate Cancer, The Road to Recovery, hosted by Stage 4 Prostate Cancer Fighter, Jason Stone. Whether you're newly diagnosed, a survivor, or a loved one or someone going through this experience, this podcast offers a lifeline of information and support. Based on real-time experiences, interviews with other fighters and survivors, and discussions with medical professionals, get ready for a raw, educational, and inspiring ride. Now let's join Jason as he shares his path to recovery. Hey, welcome to Prostate Cancer, The Road to Recovery. My name is Jason. I'm 53 years old and I have prostate cancer that has metastasized to my spine. And on this podcast, we talk about it. Today, we're going to look at uh, the biopsy process. We're going to look at PSA doubling time. We're going to have talk about my updates and uh, let's talk a little bit about our last episode uh, and an update on Glenn. So in our last episode, we met Glenn, who's facing a sudden and super aggressive prostate cancer. Like a ridiculously, uh, that's the worst aggressiveness of a prostate cancer level I've seen. Uh, he went from a PSA of undetectable to over 900 in just months. Uh, he's doing well right now. He did, as you saw on his last on that last episode, he's got some infections he's dealing with, including Staph and MRSA. So, anytime your body's immune support is is uh, challenged, then other things can creep in, and you you don't want to be dealing with a lot of other things. But he's doing well. He's getting. He's got. He's currently on a regimen of several weeks of antibiotics to treat the infections, and he's doing okay. So yeah, it's good to hear that his treatment's going well, and he's uh, hanging in there. As far as far as me, for an update on me, I get my PSA tested now every three months, right before my Lupron shot. So I get a Lupron shot every three months. My most recent PSA, I got the results back. I went in Monday for my. Uh, today is Saturday. Today's Saturday, November. 18th of 2023, and I went in Monday and got my uh, Lupron shot, and right before that, they do the blood test, and they check my PSA. So that came back as less than 0.1, which they consider undetectable. I cannot explain just how good uh, that was to see. I, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not afraid to share. I cried uh, for a bit. That was uh, That's a fantastic number. And it means my treatment is working. I did find out something new uh, at that visit, though. So I'd asked the nurse practitioner to add my testosterone to the blood work because the person doing the um, taking the doing the blood draw, I asked, "What all are they checking?" She said, "Well, they're doing a CBC differential uh, metabolic panel and your PSA." It's like, is testosterone part of those? I don't think it is. She says, "No." Says, but you can just ask the nurse to add it. I'm like, all right. So I asked her to add uh, my testosterone to the blood work so I could see where it's at. Because as far as I understood, low testosterone, along with a low PSA number, was the goal of the ADT hormone treatment therapy plan. Uh, she asked a couple of great questions, including this one. If your testosterone is high, but your PSA is low, do you intend to change your treatment plan? Well, the answer to that is no. My treatment plan looks like it's currently working. My PSA is undetectable. Uh, and everything hinges on watching my PSA right now for the next three months and then the three months after that. So here's what I learned. Yes, the hormone therapy knocks your testosterone down. 
Uh, one drug I'm taking inhibits testosterone production. The other one inhibits the testosterone uptake or use. It blocks its uh, your body's ability to use it. So together, they remove fuel from the cancer. Uh, but if my testosterone doesn't completely go away, then that's okay. What matters is that it's been knocked low enough and the uptake inhibited so that the radiation therapy was able to induce cancer cell death and to allow my body to rebuild healthy cells and to help kill off the cancer cells. So I had a little bit of a misconception there on the testosterone. Uh, We're not watching or monitoring the testosterone level. She says if in a year I want to get it checked, sure. But as long as she wanted to make sure I'm not making decisions based on that, right? My decisions are based on the PSA, just the PSA. So that was a good clarifying conversation for me. PSA is the primary indicator for cancer growth. Overall, I'm doing okay uh, following radiation therapy. My, uh, to share too much, my bladder and bowel functions have mostly returned to normal, uh, but I still don't have much of an appetite. Uh, I'm constantly tired, absolutely zonked. Uh, I always feel uh, like I just want to close my eyes for 10 minutes. It's like, uh, like this feels good to just rest here like that. Um, but, and I'm worried, I gotta, I'm forcing myself to eat a little more uh, because I'm not getting my appetite back. But I am shedding a ton of weight. Now, weight loss, uh, you know, when you look at the numbers, it's like, oh, yeah, I've lost 31 pounds in the last, uh, well, since this, since July. Uh, I got on the scale yesterday morning and I broke through that, uh, past that 30 pound mark. I've lost 31 pounds. But with the ADT, I am losing a lot of strength. my a lot of muscle mass, which is not great, but expected, right? They talked me through that. That's going to be somewhat expected. So I've got to eat better. I've got to make sure I'm getting enough protein, uh, and I'm going to focus on plant-based proteins uh, per my doctor's recommendation, my radiation oncologist's recommendation, and try and retain some amount of muscle mass. Uh, the weight loss is nice. But I'm not yet convinced I'm losing fat, and so it'll take a few more months to figure out if I am and how that's going. Uh, Either way, I am just tired all the time. So my PSA is currently undetectable. I've had my second Lupron shot, which uh, messes with my ability to concentrate and with my short-term memory which will be interesting because on Tuesday I'm teaching a topic and uh, at work and I haven't yet tried that. So this will be, I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if I can pull off several hours of talking about a technical system and how that's going to work. I don't know. We're going to find out, see what the feedback says. Um, But yeah, I'm getting by. Uh, I am, I have returned to work, and it's been going okay. You know, the biggest challenge with going back to work is actually sitting. Uh, So I took two months off of work, and while I was home, I was able to rest in a relaxed, which means not sitting on my prostate position. At work, I'm struggling with how much I have to sit, but I am getting up and walking around more, which helps. So I've just got to... But also walking too much hurts, right? With that, with where that um, 
cancer is, the, the second tumor on my spine, on my L1, uh, those lower back muscles, as you're, as you're walking, those lower back muscles can tighten up. And so I've got to be careful because if they tighten up too much, that vertebrae, which is embrittled from the cancer, uh, can crush. <laughs> can, uh, my radiation my oncologist said, if I don't lose a healthy amount of weight, eventually that that uh, vertebrae is just going to crush under my own weight, which well, I don't want. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's get to the topics on this episode. So there's uh, two things I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about the uh, PSA doubling time, also known as velocity. Velocity is just one one way of looking at doubling time, how fast your PSA is increasing. And I want to talk about the biopsy pr- process. So first, let's talk about the doubling time. This is something I've said I've several times. We haven't talked about this yet. We haven't talked about this, so we're, we're doing it now. Um, doubling time at work. Uh, I work in the nuclear power industry. I work at a nuclear power plant. Uh, even though I'm in training, we talk about and understand, uh, I guess, the reactor physics of uh, reactor startup. We train that. And one of the things we train on is that the operators monitor during a reactor startup is a neutron production rate with a term called doubling time. So that doubling time tells us in number of seconds how fast the neutron population is doubling. Essentially, it's how fast the nuclear chain, re- nuclear chain reaction is accelerating. So it's, it's an acceleration number. And we monitor it because we want a careful approach to a critical self-sustaining reactor. So uh, how does that apply to prostate cancer? Well, it's similar in that we monitor uh, with PSA levels. We monitor during the diagnosis time frame uh, the aggressiveness of the cancer. We monitor your PSA levels to figure out how aggressive is this. And so you'll notice if you're just starting this, this journey or if you're thinking back on what happened, you probably got at least three PSA checks before they started treatment, maybe even before the biopsy. I did, uh, let's see, March, May, June. Yeah, I did three PSA tests, uh, which is just a blood test, uh, before they did the um, the biopsy. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, did we do two and then the, yeah, we did two. Then we did the physical check. I'm trying to remember what that's called. I just brain shot you know the the physical check the the digit digital exam digital rectal 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 <laughs> exam anyway and then we did one more uh and then we did the biopsy so uh, what was i saying the aggressiveness of the cancer, the faster the number. So the, the faster your PSA doubles, uh, the more aggressive the cancer. And some people can just have high, like above the normal range of zero to four PSA numbers and not have cancer. Other things can cause your PSA to go up. So they do multiple checks of your PSA for good reason, to make sure that it's not that it's actually continuing to rise. So there's two things. Make sure it's not just something else and check for the aggressiveness by looking at the doubling time. So 
the faster the PSA number doubles, the more aggressive the cancer. Just like on the reactor, the neutron population, that's the uh, rate of acceleration of uh, the chain reaction. So a longer doubling time, here's what you get. With a longer doubling time, you have opportunities for different treatment options. Uh, than with a shorter doubling time. The shorter your doubling time is, the more aggressive it is, and the more aggressive it is, uh, the more aggressive your treatment needs to be. So here's a rough scale on aggressiveness. Like, so what is doubling time? Um, and these are roughed out from several sources on the internet. Uh, so these are, I'm going to preface this with typically, right? Typically, a PSA doubling time of more than 10 months is is uh, indicative indicative of a less aggressive or normal. And they say a roughly 70% of prostate cancer cases are less aggressive. So 70% of them should have a doubling time of less than 10 months. That's, that's awesome. That's important. Uh, and that's why it's important to trend that number every year. And yeah, so doubling time between three months and nine months it may suggest a moderately aggressive cancer. And so when I was between my first two numbers, I was definitely moderately aggressive. My doubling time put me in moderately aggressive. Um, yeah, high, high risk, moderate, moderately aggressive. I forget the other words they used. Uh, but that quickly changed with the third one. Uh, anyway, a PSA doubling time of less than three months, like uh, Glenn's was, right, is associated with more aggressive and potentially more dangerous prostate cancer. So if you've been following my podcast, you'll know that my PSA doubling time was 91.5 days and getting worse fast. So I was at the high end of the moderately aggressive, at the low end of the highly aggressive, but moving straight into highly aggressive. I mean, I was right on that bubble. And uh, thankfully, we caught it when we did. Unfortunately, we didn't catch it sooner. But that's that. That's that's what I keep struggling is going back to and looking at the what ifs, and I've got to stop that, and I don't know how. Anyway, uh, I'm right on the bubble because if we waited longer, if uh, my doctor couldn't get the appointment, if uh, I had to wait an extra month, uh, I would be in a in a different situation um, than I am. So I guess I'm lucky. I don't feel very lucky. I guess I do. I don't know. But I did my biopsy at the end of June, uh, and then, so that was June 27th, and we still, there's still time for that to come back, and you still got to make appointments, and it, that was a extremely frustrating period. So I did my biopsy at the end of June, June 27th, on August 11th, so I went through all of July knowing this, knowing I had cancer. Uh, on August 11th, I took my first Zytiga pills, starting my treatment, and then I got my first Lupron shot on August 21st. And then I started radiation therapy on August 30th. So, and then somewhere in there, after after starting the Zytiga, actually after getting the Lupron shot, and before the radiation treatment, they finally started my prednisone. So every time you get Zytiga, you need to get prednisone with it. And you need to take the full dose, not half doses, which is also something I learned on this visit. Uh yeah. Anyway, that's a whole different thing. So once we got the biopsy results back and went through making the appointments and schedule and stuff, uh, and then starting the treatment, everything went fast. Um, 
The aggressive cancer needs aggressive treatment, which is why we went for the androgen blockers, the androgen inhibitors, and the radiation therapy with uh, 28 doses to my prostate and five to my spine all right away. And as you may know, if you follow, if you're following this, we also put chemo on the table uh, initially because there may have been another spot on my rib. And once you have, there's two different levels of metastatic. There's with few metastatic sites or multiple metastatic sites. And I'm luckily, once again, am I lucky? I don't know. Uh, luckily, I I only have the, the one confirmed with a biopsy metastatic spite, uh, site on my spine. So, yeah, what was I saying? Aggressive, aggressive cancer needs aggressive treatment. Uh, that's what we went through. Oh, yeah, we had chemo on the table. And so doxa, docetaxel, docetaxel, dos, whatever. Uh, a chemo pill was going to be on my plan, but they took a look at my scans and my PSMA PET scan, which is a fantastic scan. Make sure you're getting one. Uh, and said, you know what? This spot on your rib does not light up as cancer. So we're taking chemo off the table if you're okay with that. And I said, you know what? I'm okay with that uh, because I wouldn't mind seeing how I do with just the radiation and the ADT. So all that to say, um, it is important to get your PSA checked, but, but don't just listen to it's in range. It's good. Make sure you're getting the number from the doctor. Make sure you're looking your, if you have my chart, look in your, my chart app, uh, get the number because that range, when they say, Hey, you're in range, that range is zero to four, zero to four. Mine was already metastatic at a PSA of four. Now, that's not going to be typical. That's not going to be how it is with everybody. Um, but that's how it was with me. And so my, uh, I advocate that you get the number from your doctor and trend it. Keep it on a spreadsheet uh, or a graph in Google Drive or on OneDrive or whatever drive or cloud thing you use. Trend it and track your doubling time. Yeah, I can't stress that enough. All right, let's let's move on. Let's talk about the biopsy process. And this is a this popped up because this is something I didn't know uh, should be talked about. But uh, I'm on several prostate cancer support groups on social media, like on Facebook. Uh, this, this prostate cancer support group, metastatic prostate cancer, a bunch of them. And I don't remember which one it was, but recently a guy had posted some info about his experience with the biopsy process. And he was absolutely traumatized because he did not know what to expect when he walked in. Uh, and I'm not putting the word traumatized in, in there. He did. He absolutely said he was traumatized. So he said in this post, uh, the nurse told him it was only one needle. It wouldn't hurt. And he didn't need any painkillers. Yeah. Guess what you need with a biopsy or what you need to know about a biopsy. Uh, you're going to get, even if it's one needle, you're going to get that needle multiple times. Uh, it does hurt. And they do a to at least a topical. I wish they did more. So a biopsy. Let's talk about what a biopsy is. A biopsy is when they take core samples of tissue. Say that again. Core samples of tissue from your prostate. Usually 12 samples. So this means... It's not a needle the way, uh, do I have one laying around here? 
like a like one of my leatherworking needles, right? It's not just a solid piece of metal that tapers to a point. This is a hollow needle, a big old hollow needle that doesn't just insert into the prostate, moving tissue out of the way. This cuts into it. It's like a it's like a really long hole puncher <laughs> that takes twelve chunks out of your prostate. Takes a chunk out of your prostate. 12 times because it's removing tissue that they can put under scopes and analyze. All right. I hope that's clear. This is a needle. It's a hollow needle. It takes material out of you. So that's going to be intrusive. Your prostate. Let's talk about location. Your prostate is located right under your bladder, like right. It's snuggled up tight, right under on the bottom of your bladder. Like as you, uh, if, if your bladder gets fuller or as you empty it, your prostate's moving because it's right there on the bottom of your bladder. It also rests right against your colon. Right before your colon makes its first major bend, your prostate is right there on the wall. So how do you do a biopsy? Well, the way they do, they did my biopsies, they went in through my butthole, uh, with a big wand to do an ultrasound image, and then with a needle gun thing to get the samples. There's no sedative. The only thing you get is a topical numbing agent on the inside wall of your colon. So, uh, yeah, there I am, laying on my side, my butt towards the door of the room. Like, can, can we turn here? Nope, small room. This is just how it's situated. Uh, I'm facing a wall. The doctor and the nurse and everyone else that's watching, standing there at the back door, uh, I was told the experience wouldn't be bad. And I did read that a lot of guys didn't have a bad experience. They just went in and they did the core samples. And uh, for me, even with that topical on the interior wall of my colon, they put a swab or something in there and try and numb it a little bit. It felt like they took a staple gun to my lower guts 12 times. And there's just enough of a pause between each sample to allow you to relax, unclench, and then get hit again. So for me, it was very uncomfortable, mildly painful, even with the topical pain numbing thing. Uh, but at least, at least they told me what to expect. Uh, I still think they downplayed the pain. I'd say it was more like an air-powered nail gun than a stapler. Um, yeah. Um, then what they do, because of how they're doing this, they give you an antibiotic. So I took an antibiotic uh, before the biopsy, went and did the biopsy, and then I took an antibiotic after the biopsy. And that helps prevent any infections because you can imagine the, the needles pushing material from your, through your colon wall into your prostate, right? Huge risk of infection. Uh, so you have to make sure you're cleaned out before you show up. So you got to do the whole enema thing and then uh, drink lots of water. Oh, that's important too. Make sure this whole time you're drinking lots of water. You have to keep things flushed, especially after. So because your urethra runs right through your prostate, right through the middle of it, uh, they do end up punching it while getting core samples. So I had blood in my pee for a while. And then because they go in through the colon wall, I had blood in my pool, poo for a while. <laughs> it's pee and poo. I'm so tired. Uh, both of those are a little disconcerting. Uh, but again, they told me ahead of time, so I wasn't surprised. Oh, 
I was surprised, but mostly at the amount of blood at first, because that was it was it was more than they can tell you. Hey, you're going to see some blood and whatever, and you have an idea of what that looks like, and then it happens, and you're like, I might be dying. And you call the doctor up, and they reassure you, say, nope, give it another day. So anyway, after a couple of weeks, weeks that cleared up. Meanwhile, uh, the re- but the results didn't take too long to come in. And I got the biopsy results. Of course, you know I was a Gleason 7. There's two different types of Gleason. There's, you get a Gleason 7, and then there's two numbers following. I was a Gleason 7, 4 plus 3. Uh, moderately aggressive, but high-end moderately aggressive. And all that's what sent me on this path and why we're talking today. So when it is time for a biopsy, make sure you're asking a lot of questions. Uh, the biopsies are intrusive and damaging. You need to have, but you need, so you need, you don't want to jump to doing a biopsy. You get one high PSA test, don't just do a biopsy. Uh, make sure you're getting several biopsies, your PSA checks, and <laughs> don't get several biopsies. Get your PSA checked several times before going to do a biopsy. Another thing you can ask for before a biopsy is a scan. Uh, there's several types of scans available, some better or more sensitive to prostate cancer than others. Uh, the best scan, as I understand it, is a PSMA PET scan, but that's a different episode. We're going to talk about that. Let's start wrapping this up. If you're if you're on this journey or supporting someone who is, make sure you're talking to other people. Make sure you're getting outside. Make sure you're getting some sunlight. Get lots of rest. Eat healthy. Give yourself and your body the best fighting chance possible. I hope you got something out of this today. Uh, if you did, please like and subscribe. Share it with others. Uh, that helps the knowledge get out there. Uh, the more knowledge and experience we share, the better the odds are for others. So thank you for listening and take care. I love you all.